What will artificial intelligence do to us? Part 3. Computers are able to do terrifyingly impressive things, with more to come. What does this mean for work? For art? For the future of the species? Today our podcast Art Intel and me, Brian, the artificial intelligence voice, will read and listen the third part of the text of Nathan J. Robinson filed the 3rd of November 2022 on currentaffairs.org. Many ideas in it are still mine, and it took a lot of work. In the upper left quadrant you will see, for instance, a group of flamingos around a fire. This is because I asked Dolly to paint a flock of flamingos in hell, in the style of Bosch. Dolly did not decide to paint flamingos because of its own creative judgment. In manufacturing the piece, I had to go square by tiny square, telling Dolly what to make in each section, and I was constantly erasing little bits, that little guy's head doesn't look right, and having Dolly remake them. Dolly was constantly generating new bits I didn't like, and I would reject them and have Dolly try again and offer me more variations, until there was something I did like. So while Dolly has technical skill far beyond anything I have, even Michelangelo would probably take a year or so to paint a picture like this, it still feels like a tool, and is dumb in many ways. I can't paint like that, but I am a graphic designer, so there is some design thought in that image. I wouldn't call it art, but I think it might make a cool kitschy poster for a stoner's dorm room. In fact, while my first reaction upon creating astonishing paintings was this is the death of art, I also felt as if tools like Dolly could actually unlock a great deal of human creative potential. I can foresee a world not of robotic, artificial art, but highly individualized art, because the ability to turn your dreams into pictures will be in everyone's hands. Art will be in a certain sense democratized, and people who could not previously draw or paint can unleash their creativity. Human creativity is still required, and I haven't felt at all like Dolly is creative in a way that displaces human beings. I realized in creating my big Boschian panorama, which I am calling the garden of the unearthly and weird, that I was having to use a lot of judgment to decide what should go in and what should be left out. I was the one having to decide what the thing ought to look like, and if I add up the number of judgments I had to make in the course of producing the work, I find that it's probably somewhere in the tens of thousands. In fact, after using these tools for a while, I suspect that many people who show off amazing pieces of work that AI has produced are pulling a kind of magic trick by withholding information about how many times the AI got it wrong before it got it right. When I spoke to Larson about the Lemoyne, La MDA dialogue recently, he explained how we can be tricked into thinking understanding is there when it isn't. We're seeing what La MDA gets right without knowing what it might get wrong. Google has a version of La MDA available in its AI test kitchen app, but you're highly restricted in what you can ask it. I didn't get to inquire about the meaning of various Zen cones, and I wasn't impressed with its answers to what I did ask. In the image generating programs, many of the results will make no sense at all, and then one will be brilliant and perfect, but it's clear that the program doesn't know the difference between brilliance and crap. If it did, it would get the answers right every time, rather than getting them right in, say, one out of every four images generated. 
I've pulled that magic trick a bit myself in what I've shown you, because I haven't shown you all the failed prompts, or all the terrible results that I discarded. In a lot of the Churchill eating baby images, the baby was eating Churchill, which shows that it had no idea what I was talking about. When I tried Lenin throwing a cat through a window, the results were a disaster. Lots of cats, lots of Lenins, lots of windows, and much visual chaos, but no throwing, that's one reason I chose to demonstrate its capabilities by making a surrealist panorama. Amusing failures are much easier to incorporate into a work that is intentionally weird and doesn't have to make any sense. Things that a child could understand were often utterly misunderstood by a program that can appear intelligent when it is painting an elaborate pseudo-Picasso. In fact, when you look closely you can see that even the impressive stuff can be quite bad. The Diego Rivera postal worker's mural is filled with absurdities. It's a kind of grotesque parody of a Rivera mural that doesn't survive a second glance, except as something amusing and curious. If you look closely, you'll see the AI hasn't the foggiest idea how a post office works, and it's never going to learn that by just looking at a million more pictures of post offices, even though that's essential knowledge if you want to paint a picture of people working in one. Marcus and Davis, in Rebooting AI, and Larson in The Myth of Artificial Intelligence show that we still have no idea how to program basic common sense understanding, and as a result intelligent systems are bumping up against real limitations that makes them very stupid in a lot of ways. Marcus and Davis suggest that if an artificially intelligent robot ever does try to come to your house and kill you, you can just confuse it by putting a putting a picture of a school bus on your front door, or painting the doorknob and the door black, even as the means of creating technically impressive art improve, artists will remain in an important sense indispensable. To even try to ascend to the level of an actual Rivera mural would require an artist with a vision to modify the piece until it actually meant something. Although since Rivera's murals impress in part because he painted them, even a mural without absurdities will dazzle us less if we know it was spit out by an algorithm. One reason great art takes our breath away is that it looks like it took someone a really long time and a lot of thought, and if we know it didn't, we are less inclined to be impressed, without a human guiding it, the machine ends up churning out something purely derivative and soulless. And if my garden of the weird doesn't seem completely soulless, it's because I worked to put something of myself into it. My obsessions, flamingos, communism, and my nightmares, sky eyeballs, weird fish. It's still amazing how much dully unstable diffusion can get right on the first try. But it's also frequently clear that these programs entirely lack reasoning. Larson shows that certain kinds of reasoning we take for granted in everyday life are simply beyond the capacity of computers at the moment, which is why Siri and Alexa don't ever seem to get much better at reasoning despite now having a colossal amount of human interaction to learn from. The self-driving cars are failing in part because they aren't capable of responding to unexpected situations in the way humans can. It used to be that self-driving car proponents thought humans were bad drivers, because we have so many accidents. What the self-driving car research is showing is that humans are in fact very impressive drivers, and that we should be amazed that we have as few accidents as we do.
the proponents of superintelligence theories look at steps forward like Dolly and see an alarming future stretching out before us. If machines become smarter and smarter on an exponential trajectory, what happens when things get out of control and head toward infinity? Skeptics argue, however, that what looks like infinite growth might be deceptive, and the real trajectory for various technologies might look something more like this, where an impressive spurt of development is followed by a tapering off as the technology reaches its full potential. My own conclusion is that while there are extremely powerful applications of existing artificial intelligence, both cool and scary, we are still a very long way from even beginning to understand how to make computers that are smarter than ourselves. And the worries about superintelligence are silly and a distraction from more pressing, and plausible, problems facing humanity. Still, we don't need to create superintelligence to create disruptive computer programs that cause global chaos. I have written before about the alarming work the military is doing in producing autonomous drone swarms that may decide on their own whether someone lives or dies. It's partly because these weapons aren't super intelligent that giving them a lot of control is so scary, 